Good morrow, everyone. Welcome back to the Founding Podthers. Yeah, you heard that right. We finally have a name. I mean it, two episodes that really took long enough. Today's episode is going to be brought to you by War Bonds. You want the United States to win the war? Pay for it. Pay Uncle Sam now so you don't have to pay Hitler later. All right, Podthers. Uh, we left. Well, we last left off uh, with America declaring war on J- Japan and later Germany. So question, who fights in an army, Mr. Leesman? People, lots of people, like all the people, but most specifically men. And I mean, like literally all the men. Yeah, like, well, especially them. at this time, because this was before the armed forces were integrated, which, yeah. you know, for those of you out there that don't know what the word integrated means, it means together, you know, like combined. Yeah. Uh, so it was segregated. Yeah. Uh, with, and it was predominantly men that were in. Uh, yeah. If there were women, they were pretty much just like nurses or, yeah. um, you know. Yeah, non-combat roles. Exactly. Um, all so right. the U.S. needs a military. Yeah, because, you know, we're in World War II now. Last yeah. we left off, we were uh, Pearl Harbor happened. The United States was fully in the war now. Um, so we needed, we needed an army. Uh, and we're now on a two-front war. What does that mean? What is, what is a front? You know, I'm glad you asked because it's basically the area where you're fighting the war. So oh, okay. we got bombed by Japan. So now we're fighting a war in the Pacific. Um, so right. that one's going to be like, you know, the Pacific theater. We're going to, we're going to call them theaters for yeah. some reason. Some people will call it the Pacific war, right? Yeah. Some, yeah. some people treat this as two separate wars. Exactly. Um, and then days later, Hitler declares war on us. Uh, so now we're fighting in Europe and the Pacific. So you got two different fronts, one in Europe, one in the Pacific. That's right. Uh, and the government needed to coordinate its forces. Obviously, you know, can't be easy. Uh, so you needed to ramp up wartime production, change consumption, build new factories, and retrofit or um, adapt new or old ones. Exactly. The United States was not ready for a war. I mean, by not the time World War II started, started, pretty much Germany was the only power that was ready to start fighting. Yeah. Uh, so the United States really had to like quickly change gears. And that was going to happen really quickly and really suddenly to the point where life in America changes for a while. Fastball. Oh, yeah. So think about it right now. Uh, we heard a lot of stories, especially with COVID, about companies changing their production. Companies like Ford, for example, yeah. they literally overnight were told that they had to start making masks. Yep. Um, and I think even ventilators. Um, yeah, I think, it was mostly, I think it was mostly ventilators. Yeah, they literally changed like the next day. They stopped making F-150s and started making ventilators, which, yeah. which can't be easy. Imp- impressive. Oh, super to say impressive. the least. Yeah. Same thing happened in World War II. Companies literally stopped. Um, people who like cars out there, you're not going to find a, a, like a Chevy or a Ford that was made between the years of like 1941, 1942, and 1945. They just don't right. exist. Right. Yeah, there's was, there was a gap. Yeah. Um, but like you said, Mr. Leesman, uh, war was coming. And Roosevelt, uh, he was not, he was not, you know, he was not dumb. He was not a dumb no, guy. So he kind of knew that war was eventually going to come, especially looking over at Europe and what was going on in the Pacific. So he created the first peacetime draft. So Which is impressive because, yeah. I mean, who, who decides just randomly that they're going to be like, you know what, guys, we're going we're gonna to just up and just start picking everybody to be fighting in the military. Yeah, so the military increases to 2.2 million men. That's, that's a lot of dudes. Yeah, once, once we actually went to war, that actually swelled up to 10 million, and that was mostly volunteers. That's um, a lot more dudes. That is, that's literally like quintupling. Yeah. Yeah. 
that's I mean, a word. People, oh, it is a word. That means they, they it went up by five times. Oh, yes. yeah. I well, yeah. I speak I Latin. Mean, yeah. Right? Sorry. Yeah. No, it's okay. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, people often lied about their age to fight for their country. So that's right. I think it was like what, like 18, 17, yeah. 18? Yeah, people I think it that was, were like, if you were between 17 and 18, think, you would yeah. receive, if your 18th birthday was coming up, you'd, you'd receive a draft uh, notice. Um, but a lot of people would just go, like you said, a lot of people volunteered. A lot of people would just lie about their age, get fake yeah. papers, stuff like that. They would say they were 18, but really they were like 15 or 16. Um, yeah. I mean, pe- people for- forged as young as like 15. Yeah. Um, so that, that's crazy. Uh, I know that there was, um, I don't know, Mr. King, if you ever watched, there was a documentary slash movie called they shall not grow old about uh, world war one. Um, not that we're getting off topic. I'm going to circle this one back. Don't worry. Um, but never get off topic. No, but never. yeah. I mean, so what happened was people were lying about their age and this kid was like 15 years old trying to, trying to like go fight for, uh, fight for whatever country i think it was england yeah, uh sure. in world war one and so he went to the draft office he went to the, the recruiter and was like hey guys like i want to fight and they're like oh you're too young but something tells me you're going to walk out of here and have an 18th birthday real quick and then he literally came back with the forged paperwork and was able to fight yeah and i world mean world war ii was the same thing yeah I'm, I'm sure they weren't as long as they could you know see cya cover their own butts yo yeah uh it, it was, you know, it was off their hands. So I'm, yeah. I'm sure they were fine with anyone. Plausible deniability. This. Be like, yeah, I don't know. It, it I looked, had no idea. It'd be like, I, I literally had no idea. It looked legit to me. He had CS double. Yeah. Yeah. Which is impressive at 14. Yeah. Um, but I, I didn't say that. No. <laughs> so, yeah. Once, uh, so we needed more supplies. You needed like bombs, tanks, guns. Everything. Uh, Literally everything, even down to food. So yeah. unemployment basically disappeared. Which is great because, you know, one of our last previous podcasts, we talked about the big sad, the Great Depression. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That was great plaguing, plaguing the nation. The biggest of all depressions. Tons, tons of unemployment. Yeah. And now it's gone. It's practically. Overnight. Yeah. Well, not it, gone, yeah. gone. But well, I mean. You know, you, you know what we mean. Yeah. If you, if you didn't work, it was because you didn't want to. It wasn't because right. you could not. Yeah. So, right. yeah. But when people think about it, like who really is going to stock these factories? 10 million men are in the military. So who's, who do you think Mr. King is going to be stocking these factories? Yeah. I mean, like you said, there's like all the men where they were over in Europe or in, in, in the Pacific over in Asia. So, uh, you know, the people that are left are predominantly women. And also you have to remember, you know, things were segregated. There was a lot of racism back then. So a lot of minority groups also came and flocked into the, um, into the factories and other type of production. Uh, yeah, because they may not sites. have been able to join the join the military. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so yeah, women writers back in the factories making all the things that are going to the uh, war front. And a lot of that foods, there's literally like a problem with food now because yeah. they're trying to funnel everything they can to the military to make sure that we have the best shop possible. Uh, so people were suggested and actually wound up being forced to budget or forego certain supplies in order to make sure it went to the war. Yeah. So, and again, yeah. this, is, this is a big word here. It's rationing. Big, yeah. big as in it's important, right? So yeah. we were encouraged to ration or save yeah. our food or supplies. Yeah, um, so... And so it could be provided to the military and our uh, personnel, our armed forces. Exactly. People were encouraged to not buy shoes. Yeah, rubber, way, oil, yeah. things like that. These are all that way uh, it can steel. Go, 
go to the go to the war effort. Um, there were coupon books, so like you could only buy like one pound of flour like mm-hmm. every month or one pound of sugar a month, and you basically saved up all these coupons to make sure that there was enough food for the soldiers. Um, people are even encouraged to grow their own gardens. Yeah, and, and these were called victory gardens. It's another uh, great example of American propaganda at its highest, yeah. um, at its best. Great. Um, yeah, and they were called victory gardens. You know, the, you know, saying, help us win the war, even if you're not fighting by yeah. growing your own food. So it kind of made you feel a little important. Yeah, it made you feel like you're a part of the war effort. It made you feel like you're a part of the movement to go uh, defeat Hitler. Yeah, and you're like, this carrot, this carrot right here, Yeah, this is the one that kills Hitler. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is the one. That's this right. is the one we're going to jam right in this temple. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, but uh, so I actually got a really quick fun fact um, okay. that has to do with World War II. And I found this really easy. There's actually a movie uh, called uh, Code Talkers. Yeah. So in World War II. Uh, Seen it. It's a great the, movie. It is a fantastic film. Uh, another, uh, another advantage the United States had up over everybody else is that we had Native Americans. Uh, so sure. essentially what happened is they, we used the Native Americans that uh, were willing to join us. Uh, and in this case, it was the Navajo Nation to encrypt our messages. So in World War II, if you guys remember back in for global history, or if you've ever seen the movie The Imitation Game, everyone worked really hard. Also a great movie. A fan, another great movie. Um, they wanted to decode the Germans' messages. And when Al- Alan Turing finally helped him and his team decode the messages, now you were able to figure out what the Germans were doing. Right. Uh, by using the Navajo uh, peoples, to use their language to code uh, the messages, that's perfect because no one no one else speaks it. No one in Europe spoke Navajo. So they're openly talking over these communication lines and everyone's like, what are they saying? I don't yeah. understand this. There was no way for them to hack the language. Right. Um, so that was a gr- one fantastic um It was literally, it was, it, it was, it was incredible. No yeah, one I had, exactly. I mean, they had, they had to make up words the yeah. Navajo uh, Native Americans, they had to, they had to make up words for certain things, like because they never had a word for tank or jet. Yeah. So like they would come, I think, I don't know for sure, but I think they would call like certain jets like Thunderbirds. So mm-hmm. even if you Which, did I mean, hack certain vocabulary or like figure it out, like you'd be like, all right, what, what the heck is a Thunderbird? You know, yeah. like, that doesn't make sense. <laughs> yeah. Right. So like you'd still, not only would you have to translate it, to your own language but then you'd have to figure out what that was supposed to mean in the first place so yeah yeah i i wouldn't if you're not if you're like what if you've never heard the word thunder word before or like mustang right then then no one's gonna know what that is right exactly yeah well circle back right so yeah unlike so now in world we're war one war yeah, yeah and unlike in world war one we did not see victory right away we we no. were kind of like hashtag cleanup crew in world world war one you know, yeah. we showed up and we were like, "All right, let's let's win some stuff, let's let's exit this as a world power." We yeah, we were essentially like the bullpen. We were like, we were the yeah. relief pitcher. The cleanup. Yeah, yeah, we were like the the pitcher is pitched innings one through eight. Let's call in Mariano Rivera in the ninth, and right. we're gonna close this game up. We're gonna call Just, it a day. Yeah, right. It did. Yeah, he's yeah, gonna have a no happen. hitter ninth. Yeah, it's it's yeah. gonna be excellent. Yeah. Yeah, that did not happen in World War II. Yeah, well, um, the big reason for this is that um, we were facing an enemy unlike any other that we faced before. The Japanese military, they were extremely tough to fight. And the reason for this is that they fought to the death. They never surrendered. It was, it was seen as like a great dishonor to surrender. So they yeah. would literally fight to the death 
tooth and nail. Uh, and this led to massive casualties on both sides. Yeah, I mean, it's going to hard to fight. Because uh, at least the Germans um, or any of those people, they would essentially, the Germans and um, I think even maybe the Russians, they would at least surrender and be yeah. like, you know what, you, you got the best of us. Right. Uh, so they'd surrender and that would lead to the end of fighting. The Japanese just didn't do it. They were just like, you know, we're going to go down swinging. I don't know. No, in fact, and we'll talk about this a little later, um, but the Pacific War goes on longer than yeah. the European uh, theater goes on yeah so you know we defeat germany and we and we still find ourselves fighting japan over in pacific and asia yeah so when we first started the united states was able to get some bombers to run over mainland japan mm-hmm. but that doesn't really do anything they the japanese uh a they're strong-willed people but they also have control of hundreds of islands all across the pacific That's and we're right. talking like really really small islands where yeah, they like you can't even see them like if you were to pull up a map, you wouldn't see them. Exactly. And meanwhile, that they're so dug into these islands that like yeah. it would literally take like a week to get one. Yeah. And it, things were not looking good for the United States until um, the Battle of Midway. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, not only. Which is kind of, I'm sorry to cut you off, but it's, it's kind of easy to remember that this is a turning point because it's yeah. the middle, right? Yeah. Midway. It's like it went, yeah. Right. This is where it flops to our benefit. Yeah. I mean, they must have, whoever planned out that name, either if they did it ahead of time, bravo to them. They deserve a raise. I'm sure it has nothing to do with that, but we'll just pretend. Yeah. Uh, So the U.S. realizes after the Battle of Midway, fighting fighting against Japanese boats, um, you've got island to island. They realize that we need to go what's called island hopping. So you know, you're going to have to go each individual island. You're yeah, this takes to time. Take, oh, yeah. Like, they realize that we're in this for the long haul. So, you know, we're going to take our time and we're going to do this right. And we had to go through each island and secure each island and hold it before we were to go on to the next one. Yeah, it was like a game of chess. Yeah. Like, real-life chess. Like, oh, have yeah. you Have you ever seen the Harry Potter movies? Yes. Uh, which one is it when they have to, like, Ron has to play, like, the real-life chess you know what I'm talking about? That was the first. That was the is first it? one. Yeah, yeah. They were, they were trying I don't. To... I don't want to. I don't want to uh, offend any uh, oh. personal or, or uh, yeah, you know, I think hard, hardcore one. Harry Potter oh. fans. This is Sorcerer's Stone, maybe. Yeah, That's what I was. I'm looking. They were trying to get down my to bookshelf. where <laughs> they were trying to get down to eventually where they found Professor Quirrell. No spoilers. Oh, oh yeah, no, yeah, but don't tell anymore. Yeah, I'm not going to say that. Which, by the way, I, I was telling you about this before, Mr. Leesman. Uh, for those of you listening, looking for a new, new Netflix binge, uh, The Last Kingdom came out with a new season, and the actor that plays Professor Quarrel plays uh, Father Father Bayorka. Bayorka. Oh. I, I forget how to say his name, but I was like, I've seen this guy before, and I like, I looked up his IMDb and was like, No way! Oh my god! I thought that guy's That's back of him. the back of his head looked really familiar. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, the. Lord, I'm, I'm just going to spoil it. Lord Voldemort's face is not, on, it's not on the back of his head. That would be crazy. But yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm going to have to give this movie, let's uh, show a check. Yeah, it's pretty good. There's four seasons. There's like 12, 10 to 12 episodes per season. It's it's really good. And it's sort of, well, it's it's all about historic uh, historical events. It's about I was say, is, it, is it based on historical events? Yeah, it's, it's when the, uh, it's when the, like the, the Danes invade England. Oh, so it's pretty good. It's pretty good. I would watch. I love it. me yeah. some Anglo-Saxon history. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty good. 
Anyway, um, let's circle back. Yeah. yeah. So, um, you know what? The Anglo-Saxons were also good at invading Africa. So, um, the, the Italians did a really good job at invading Africa because, you know, they're really close to it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. I mean. I mean, Mussolini, that loud mouth, wanted to take over North Africa because he wanted to be taken seriously. He was right. kind of like Hitler's little brother. And- he wanted to return Italy to its former, like, Roman Empire like, like literally, I think he yeah. wanted to call it, it was like the third Roman Empire. Yeah, he he wanted to return it back to its former for Sp- former glory. Spoiler alert: He was no. not taken seriously, and he did not re no. reinvigorate the. No, no, Hitler treated Mussolini kind of like his stupid younger brother. Like it just like he was, he was allowed to come to the party, but someone needed to keep on an eye on him the entire time. Yeah, right. yeah. They they gave him like the cell phone to play with like video games, so he didn't yeah. do anything dumb. Yeah, it's like when you're playing with your little brother and like you like pretend to give them a controller, but it's not actually connected. That's yeah, right. It's, it's just kind of like that, but it's with the military in the country. Yeah. So Italy invades um, invades Africa, northern Africa, and starts to like go down into central Africa, and it takes over some serious lands. Um, but we we realized that it would not be easy to just full blown invade europe yeah so well anyway we'll get back to that so yeah we started we started in we started in north africa we started uh seeing some some hesitations in the military we finally were able to get some uh some wins and uh we started to push back mussolini out of northern africa um yeah, he was basically the French of the Axis powers. I don't know yeah. who's less of a less of a threat, the French or the Italians. Yeah, well, the Italians are are famous for starting the war on one side, yeah, and then just being like, "I was, I was just a kidding, right?" And then just <laughs> yeah. swapping over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they're, they swap around kind of like the French. Um, yeah. But here's a quick thing about. Uh, I don't know how true the video is. I personally love it. Uh, Mussolini could probably not even pronounce spaghetti. Yeah, that's crazy. I'm gonna put that video in. Yeah, I don't understand. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll do like a little uh, sound clip here. Ready? Go. Oh, Poschetti. I mean, that's just embarrassing. Yeah. He's, um, yeah. he's basically the king of Italy. You can't say spaghetti. Yeah, right. No wonder know. why they didn't take him seriously. That's like that's like if the president didn't like apple pie in America. Yeah. So the the man who could not say spaghetti thought he was gonna he was gonna be in charge Roman of Roman Empire. He was gonna be in charge of all the spaghetti. Yeah, that's right. That's not happening. Somebody touch my spaghetti. All right. That's right. It's not happening. Yeah. Uh, so right at the end of the at the end of uh, Mussolini's tenure, if you could call it that, yeah. uh, the United States and its allies, the you know like the Canadians, were pretty strong. Like I want to give shout out to the Canadians; they have a badass army. Yeah. Um, but so what happens is the United States, some of Britain, and the Canadians fight all the way through. They kick uh, Mussolini's butt all the way up and down the uh, the Mediterranean Sea, and uh, he was pretty unpopular at the end of that. To the point where he was literally dragged through the streets. Right. I mean, again, he was he went on the whole ticket that he was going to return Italy to its former glory of yeah. Holy Roman Empire status. That is yeah. not a joke. No, that's that not a joke. No, he tried, but he he didn't. Succeed. And he gets he just gets swept. Yeah. By the Americans and the Canadians. That's not a good look. No. And when we say that, it says like his Bald body Eagles was dragged and maple syrup. Yeah. You don't want to mess with those two. 
No. Um, but when we say he was literally dragged through the streets, I mean, he was, I, I could not mean that more literally. Feel free to Google it. He was literally dragged through the streets, yeah. hung upside down, and people beat his dead body until it looked like chocolate. Yeah, Mr. Leesman is not, uh, he's not pulling your leg here. He's, no. That's, that's some real stuff. Like, I like, don't think they could really identify his body at the end. Yeah, if you, if you speak to some, I mean, now it's different because a lot of people that were around in World War II, they're starting to, to die to leave this planet yeah so um but if you were to speak to anyone that was in italy during that time uh they do not like Mussolini. they probably got a not not a little bit not not even a little bit i i remember my my best friend's great grandma born in italy you you couldn't even say the guy's name yeah doing homework in the house not a good idea no no, Don't no. let her see chapter 18. <laughs> yeah, page, World War II. The, hey, page 193. It's, she's going to Paragraph lose four. Yeah. Mussolini she's going to lose in World War II. Yeah. Mamma mia. That's right. Uh, so when we say that we're talking about the Allies, one thing we want to make sure, and we talked about how France was kind of a non-factor. Um, they were a non-factor. No, they were literally a non-factor. When we say uh, Britain and the U.S., those are the main allies. Um, because technically Canada is part of Britain. Like, yeah. and now we call it the Commonwealth, but it was the, the British Empire at that point. That's right. Uh, but yeah, they... Uh, Which is something Canada, I guess we should, we should talk about like, just really quick is yeah. when we say Britain... We we mean Britain, the British Empire. Empire. So that was still you have thing. yeah. You have lots of territories and colonies that were providing men, and because it, it seems like a long shot that England would win this war by themselves, they had the, they have the I believe the largest non-continuous um, empire to ever exist. I think the Mongolians is technically larger. I mean, they they don't they, say. The, yeah. They don't say the sun never sets on the British Empire for no. They never reason. did. Yeah. I mean, even now, if you take the Commonwealth, um, because technically, I was I was just actually looking it up the other day. Oddly enough, like Canada, India, all these former colonies are still considered part of the British Commonwealth. Huh. It's just kind of like a loose association where, like, hey, we were all owned by Britain. Yeah. And they they still like Canada to this day still has Queen Elizabeth on their money. They're totally independent government, but at the end of the day, like, there's a reason why she's still on that money. Yeah. Um, but yeah, U.S. and Britain and Canada and the other and India and all these other colonies, former colonies, they are the allies at this. Yeah, point. I mean, France was defeated in seven weeks. You can't even say that was a good fight. Not even a little bit. Like they were like, "Hey, Germany, you can't cross this line." We wrote it down on this fancy piece of paper, and Germany was like, uh, "I probably have things in my freezer that are older than seven weeks." Yeah. Right. Exactly. I, yeah. Definitely. And I mean, that's fast. That's very I mean, fast. Yeah, it is fast. I mean, seven weeks is what the one day shipping on Amazon Prime during quarantine is. Like, yeah. It's, it's, it's there's, embarrassing. Yeah. There's a, by the way, United States Postal Service, we get it together. Yeah. Yeah, really. I mean, my, my dad actually always had a, he always loved the old joke. It was like, oh, I was online the other day and I, I found like a, a French rifle from World War II. It was never fired, only dropped once. <laughs> hey <laughs> that, that was a good one. Um, but that's just because France is a joke. Yeah. Uh, well, it, so I guess because we're talking about American history, I mean, a lot of things happen in between oh my God. Mussolini yeah. and 
D-Day, but we're, we're just gonna we're just gonna skip right to D-Day, right? So. All right, we'll give the, like the really quick cliff notes. We start winning. Like, yeah, we like hard. Made, yeah, we made we pushed hard. Yeah, once we get Italy. through Africa, we get into Italy, and we basically just like don't stop. Yeah, it's just yeah, unstoppable force. It's just, can't stop. Yeah, that's right. We won't stop. Okay, you can stop that. Okay, though. okay no, I'm sorry. All right, so the United States and their allies needed to really put the hurt onto Hitler. Yeah, so I mean, we wanted to revive France and pull it out of the gulag. Shout out to the Call of Duty players out there. That's right. Um, we, by the way, I'm unstoppable in the gulag. That's good. That's good to know. Um, but Britain and France, uh, we needed to get France. Britain and the United States decided we need to really put that hurting on Hitler. We need to do something, and we need to do something now. Yeah. Um, so we regrouped. We realized so, that we needed to, to to invade Europe and sandwich Hitler out. That's right. Because on the other side of this. You know, we have, we're on the side of, you know, obviously England and France, but on the other side of Germany, who are they fighting? Soviet Union. Soviet Union. Yeah. So yeah. And this is kind of one of the, the big reasons that led to Germany's defeat oh, yeah. in, well, actually almost every empire that's ever fought a war has lost because they've opened up too many fronts. I mean, yeah. look at Napoleon. He was, he was unstoppable. And then he was like, you know what? Here's a good idea. We're going to fight everyone at the same time. Wrong idea. No, that was, no. you can't bad. do that. Yeah. I'm sorry, but you can't do that. Yeah. I mean, but, um, yeah. So uh, through massive planning, allies, uh, allied powers decided to invade France through the beaches of Normandy. So that's northern France. Yeah. And we codenamed this Operation Overlord. I mean, it's probably one of the greatest spots to go because it's essentially right across the English Channel. We can, everyone right. can meet up in London, have a quick bit of tea. That's spot right. A tea. Crumpets and, and tea. Jump, jump over the English Channel and just land in France. That's right. Um, so we got everything one together and we picked a 50-mile strip of beaches in Normandy and we sectioned them off. Uh, we codenamed them things like Omaha, Juno, Gold, Sword. Um, and we landed at the end of it. I think they tallied. It's like at least 156,000 people. Yeah. Um, they just were like, you know, we're going to pull up on the beaches, boys. <laughs> like, Which, and, you know, not saying that this isn't a lot of people. Two thousand Americans die. Uh, they were they were killed Again, almost instantly. Almost instantly, and that's because yeah. basic. If you've ever like played Battlefield or Call of Duty or whatever, like they open up those those uh, uh, amphibious boats, vehicles, yeah. yeah, and they're just met with instant machine gun fire. Yeah, I mean the Germans really spent time digging themselves in. They had like concrete Massive bunkers, trenches. yeah, and it just had like belt-fed machine guns that were just like let it rip, and they yeah. just built millions of bullets just sent flying. Yeah. Um, and they not that they didn't know it was not that they knew it was coming. I mean they were ready, but like they just were not ready for the number of people. Right, and I think they spent or they sent most of their troops to a different part of the beach. So yeah. and I don't think they thought that it was going to be spread out as much. There was a big disinformation campaign. They were kind of like, "Hey, this is what we're going to be doing," and we just like slightly like went off the. Path. Yeah, we changed it a little bit. Yeah. yeah, I mean, we we actually delayed it twenty four hours because it was bad weather. Right, uh, I, which I'm sure helped. Oh yeah, and then obviously we we wound up winning World War Two, so it definitely yeah. helped. But yeah, everybody talks about Omaha Beach. Uh, usually, when you're going to talk about D Day, you talk about Omaha, and the reason is because that's where the most of the fighting was. I right. mean, not that there wasn't resistance on any of the other beaches, but Omaha is where two thousand people just died. Like yeah. that's that it was, was where the brunt of it was. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it was it was absolutely brutal. Yeah, 
I mean, if anyone's ever another Definitely. great movie that we're going to mention is Saving Private Ryan. Yeah. That's literally how the movie opens. Yeah, yeah. It's, that is a staple social studies movie. Yeah. Even if, though we're not really supposed to show movies anymore. But. Well, I mean, go watch it anyway. Yeah, it's great. It's got to be somewhere out there. I mean, you could definitely rent it from YouTube. You can literally pull up the opening, uh, the opening scene on YouTube. Yeah, it's I've, a great I've movie. Yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, the invasion started at six thirty. Um, they actually started planning and sending uh, paratroopers behind enemy lines, like right before that. Um, and they started actually before we hit the beaches. Six six thirty is when uh, we actually sent a bombardment of. Um, from our naval carriers like yeah. from the uh, the battleships we started just sending artillery you just started shooting the beaches ahead of time um just blowing stuff up and then yeah. they stopped and that's when the the, the hundred and fifty six thousand people stormed the beach in waves yeah and uh you know while this is all going on hitler is informed of the battle taking place yeah but he, he thinks it's a decoy uh so he refused to send more troops yeah big mistake on i mean Thank goodness. And in, in my research, uh, the favorite line that I saw out of all, all, all some of the stuff that Hitler did was is that he slept in that morning, like out of all the days to sleep in. And and like, we're just going to have the biggest amphibious like assault in history. Yeah. Uh, he, he waited until the evening to send in more troops to defend Normandy. At that point, yeah. the United States had already started winning and the Allies. Uh, it was by like 11 o'clock, the turning tide. Yeah, I, uh, I, I like you said, Mr. King, like he was not dumb and he like he thought it was a decoy. Like he yeah. thought that the bigger part of the battle was going to be somewhere else. So he's like, Normandy's going to be nothing. Like I'm going to wait for the big stuff. It was one of his biggest mistakes and it definitely wound up costing him the war. I mean, he had a couple crazy. of mistakes, uh, especially with another, the invasion of the Soviet Union. Um, and another one was yeah. not was not sending anybody to Dunkirk to, yeah. you know, earlier years before. Yeah. Um, but, uh, so yeah. in less than a week, the United States had invaded and captured Normandy. That's that's very impressive. That's that is super impressive. Yeah. 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 Um, the initial invasion, we lost the Allied forces. When I say we, four thousand soldiers. Yeah. That's a lot. And a, a total of nine thousand three hundred and eighty-seven, give or take, Americans yeah. are actually buried in Normandy. Yeah, because the United States. So, like, typically in war, you're gonna powers usually keep the land that they conquer. Um, to absorb into them or by colony. The United States wanted no part of that. That was like, right. this is not our land. This is the only thing we wanted to do is had it to, uh, to bury the dead. Yeah. Um, so you can still visit it. Um, you can still That's visit right. and go to those beaches. Uh, you can go to those cemeteries and see uh, the markers of all the people that are buried there. Um, so it's, I've it's never been there. I've heard it's quite breathtaking. Yeah. Same. Um, we know, pe- we know people that have, that have gone. Yeah. Um, um, so but yeah, unless let's try not to leave it on a sand. Well, like, we like you said, a, a, approximately four percent of the sand in Normandy is actually shrapnel from D Day. Yeah. Um, and one of our friends, uh, our mutual friend, Miss Lawless, uh, a math teacher at the school that we used to work together at, uh, she actually brought back some sand. Yeah. Um, and yeah, there, there, you can see some of the shrapnel and, and metal chunks it's, in it. Yeah, it's definitely like a, li- it's a lot more, um, metallic than if you were to go yeah it's like you wouldn't yeah yeah it's not as it's definitely a lot more silvery yeah (laughs) yeah but yeah like we said i mean think about all the bombs the artillery the bullets everything that's firing off in like a matter of hours yeah and we're talking like 70 years later 80 years later still 
and it's just still there. Yeah. I think they said it's going to take like 150 years for it to really just rust out and like go and start really sure. dissipating. Yeah, I can't imagine that taking yeah. for uh, you know that that can't go away quickly. It's it takes no. so long time. No. Um, and that's why you should recycle. Exactly. Uh, really quick, another fun fact um, that I'm just thinking off the top of my head. So Eisenhower, which is a name most of you should hopefully be familiar with. Um, if you're not, you'll learn about him a lot later. Uh, so general commander of the Allied forces, later becomes president. He actually, so he gave a famous speech, um, you know, in hoping to boost the morale of the soldiers that are going to go fight in D-Day. Um, but he didn't know like i mean as much as you can guess that it's probably going to be a victory for the united states like how could, like this is going to be a hell of a this is going to be a hell of an assault um he didn't know they he literally wrote a, a letter god forbid that this thing went south and it turned out to be a, a disastrous loss for uh, the allied powers he actually had a note saying that don't blame anybody blame me never had to use it well that's probably good, good. well yeah so that's where we're gonna leave it off today yeah well and in other news uh you know you could feel free to like and subscribe us uh subscri- subscribe to us that's a tough word yeah it is kind of on, like transcontinental uh, railroad oh don't even get me started on that we'll get to that story another day yeah uh, uh but yeah we're 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 growing so fast it's mind-boggling oh yeah well, mind-boggling bottling yeah. yeah. Uh, but we're on Anchor, which is the, the people that are helping us out, get this out to everybody. Uh, we are on Spotify. We are on Google Podcasts. We're on Apple Podcasts. As of today, the year of our Lord, April, whatever, we are oh, yes. on Apple. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's 20. Um, we, we actually got on Apple Podcasts this morning. Uh, yeah, so that's we're exciting. basically famous now. We're basically everywhere. Um, yeah. So go like and subscribe. Please let us know. And that's founding um, podthers. Founding, yeah, founding podthers. Um, we're gonna we're gonna we also have an Instagram account, guys. Go like go like our page. Um, go ahead out there. You'll be able to get told when we if you don't want to subscribe like a loser. Uh, you'll be able to know when our new episode of ours drops. We'll we probably post funny memes. That's we are gonna do a lot of funny memes. I might start doing Mr. King. I don't know if you're down for it. I kind of want to do like a on today in history every so often when something cool yeah, drops. Sure. Um, we'll have a lot of cool history stuff going down on that page as well. So go like and follow. Our, How about our like Instagram. a today in history Tuesday? Ooh, yeah, I like that. Yeah. And we'll come up with other cool stuff. Yeah. That was off the top of the head. Imagine if you have time to think about it. Thursdays. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, I think we're not going to be there. Anywhere you get your podcasts um, and show us much love. All right. Enjoy. I guess. Oh, yeah. The whole ghetto.